0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, and I'm here today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you'd like to talk about, discuss, receive prayer for. We're here to do that. And the vision of this show is just to give you a forum for you to call in. Maybe you've been reading the Bible and you've come up to some topics that you're curious about, some things that don't add up to you or you've struggled to understand. We would love to hopefully uh, answer those questions for you. So give us a call and we'd love to talk with you and pray for you. If there's something going on in your life that you need prayer for, this is the place to call in. And we have a whole community of people who tune in every day from 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time to listen to this show to pray for those who need prayer. So give us a call. We'd love to pray for you and answer your Bible questions to talk to you about situations in your life perhaps where we can bring in some biblical perspective. So give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line 720-336. 0897. I want to welcome those of you who are listening in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM. Welcome to the program. You're hearing the show live today. And we also want to welcome those of you who are listening on the East Coast, on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those tuning in on Grace or sorry, Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Welcome to the program wherever you're tuning in from today. We want to remind you that those of you listening on the East Coast and the area around Tennessee, you are hearing the program on a one week delay. So we want you to just know that and keep it in mind. But we don't want it to hinder you from calling in and participating in the show. In fact, you guys have a great opportunity there who are listening on delay that you get to call in. And then when you tune into the show a week from now, you'll be able to hear yourself on the radio. So maybe that's an opportunity for you to tell family and friends, hey, I'm going to be on the radio next week at this time. You should tune in and listen. And maybe that's a way to help other people discover uh, Calvary Live here on the radio station where you're listening locally. So we do encourage you to do that no matter where you're tuning in from. I encourage you, tell somebody this week about Grace FM. Tell them, hey, I've been listening to this radio station Great teaching. There's this call in show. That would be awesome. Just let's spread the word. And we see that really the word about this station is spreading because we have many listeners tuning in outside of our over the air broadcast range who tune in online. So that's the other way that you can tune in that we want you to know about is that you can tune in online. And there's two ways to do that. You can either go to the website, gracefm.com, and there on the front page of that website, you just hit the listen now button and you can listen right there on the internet uh... in your browser on your laptop or desktop or or even on your phone or tablet but the other thing if you have a phone or tablet which almost everybody these days does you can go into the app store for your device and type in grace fm just one word grace fm and it will bring up the grace fm app and if you download that and put it on your phone it's a totally free app and you can listen anytime, anywhere around the world to this show and everything else that airs on Grace FM Live. And so we have many listeners right now. Um, The producer sent me a map of people tuning in. Looks like we have people down. uh, A couple of listeners in Arizona today. Of course, a lot in Colorado and into the southern Midwest, upper Midwest a little bit, as well as the East Coast and the area around Louisiana. We also have listeners in South Africa and Ukraine. So, Wherever you're tuning in from, we're glad to hear from you, or sorry, glad to uh, have you tuning in, but we would also like to hear from you. So give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000, or you can text us, 720-336-0897. Again, this is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life. We do have a text message here just asking for prayer for those who are um, out of work, those who are struggling with um, businesses and finances. And so let's pray for that. Uh, it looks like unemployment numbers for previous week was 3.2 million, and that's a total of 33 million in the previous seven weeks. Uh, which is a lot. We know that many of those jobs are furloughed, which means that at some point, hopefully they'll be going back to work. But we need to pray for these people, because right now it's really hard to know at what point will everybody will be able to return to work, uh, when the money will start coming in again, if people will be willing to visit businesses right now. So we need to pray, um, because This is affecting a lot of people, not just those who have received or who have contracted the virus, but also so many people's livelihoods as well. So, Heavenly Father, we we come to you and we pray on behalf of those who are sick, Lord, those who are vulnerable and at risk of getting this virus and having it go really bad. But Lord, we also pray for those who are affected, so many around the world and in our country and in our communities, Lord, who are sick. I'm sorry, not, not sick, but who have lost jobs or been furloughed from their jobs or their, their own businesses that are really hurting at this time. Lord, we pray that you would put an end to this virus crisis. Lord, whether that's through a vaccine or whether it's through healing of some divine nature. Lord, I trust that you know how to uh, answer these prayers. But Lord, we ask that this crisis would end, Lord, that people would be able to return to work and to Life and to be able to make a living and pay their bills and lord We know that these things are all very complex But lord, we know that it's not too complex or too difficult for you by any means So lord, we ask that you would move and work and show mercy and grace at these times lord We pray for those who are out of work lord. We we do believe That you care more about our character You care more about our souls than you do about our physical life, although that is important to you But lord, we thank you that even during these times these times of Uh, struggles and trials, Lord, you want to do a deep work through those things in our lives. That's why it says there in the book of James, to count it all joy when we face various trials, because you're working through those things so that we are lacking nothing. So Lord, I pray that your work would be done through these difficult times in our hearts, Lord, we pray that through this time you would turn many people's hearts around the world to you. We pray that there would be a great awakening, a revival, a turning to Jesus, uh, a seeking you, God, perhaps in ways that people haven't in years. Lord, we think about people who perhaps haven't been to church in many years, people who haven't prayed in many years. Lord, we pray that this would be a time in which you work in their lives and bring them to you. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to hopefully answer some of your questions about the Bible or about current events from a biblical perspective. So give us a call. Let us know what's going on with you, um, what questions you have. We'd love to speak with you and answer those questions. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. Just a few words about myself as we're waiting for those calls to come in. Uh, My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. And our church recently moved, so we are, uh, I'll give you our new location. We're now located at 2950 Colorful Avenue. Also in Longmont, Colorado, so we're still in the same city, but we uh, have moved within the city, moved into a great facility, which we are so excited about. It's something we've been praying for and working on for years, and we finally uh, had God open a door for us just in time for us to not be able to have physical services there. But that's okay because we have a lot of work to do in the building to get it all set up and ready, Um, but we are planning to meet soon so we actually rolled out our plan for reopening our church this week and uh, not that we're reopening the church but we rolled out our plan this week for how we're going to reopen our church in the coming weeks and months it's a three-stage process and i'll tell you about it in just a second but let me give you a few uh, more pieces of information about us and our church Uh, we are a calvary chapel affiliated church that meets in the city of longmont and again we uh, just moved our new location is just to the east of County Line Road and Highway 119. So County Line Road and Highway 119 is also called Ken Pratt Boulevard. And we are just directly across the street from Sandstone Ranch uh, Sports Complex. There's a skate park there, a big, big community park here on the east side of Longmont. And uh, there's also a big Walmart, so there's a, as you go east between I-25 and County Line Road, There's a Walmart, then there's Sandstone Ranch, and we are directly across the street on the north side of Highway 119, Ken Pratt Boulevard. So we really look forward to seeing many of you there as soon as we are able to have services again physically. Uh, In the meantime, we're having services online, which is what most churches are doing right now. And the way to Uh, Find those services. If you are looking for just good spiritual food, something that um, good Bible teaching, we'd love it if you'd check out our site and uh, see if there's something on there that could bless and encourage and instruct you. And if you see on there something you like that's helpful for you, we'd also love it if you would share that with other people. So our website is whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. And of course, we're on all the social media platforms. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube are probably the best ones to find us on. And right now we've really been plugging a lot into our YouTube channel because, of course, doing church at home. And um, we've been putting out video content probably four days a week at this point. You know, different uh, Bible studies, devotionals. We've also been doing kind of a blog format. So we'd love it if you check out our YouTube channel. You can just find that at YouTube.com slash Whitefields Church. Or you can check us out facebook.com slash whitefields church or Twitter. Uh, it's whitefieldscc, as in Whitefields Community Church on Twitter or on Instagram. We're Whitefields Church. So we'd love it if you check us out and uh, follow us. See if there's anything on there that is a blessing to you and share that with others. And you can also hear me every weekday here on Grace FM. We have a show that airs at 2 30 p.m. every weekday, Mountain Time, and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on Grace FM. Let's go to our first caller, Chris in Fort Collins. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the program. Hi.
1: Hi. Yeah, I was talking to my cousin recently, and we got in this discussion. He believes the Bible has been changed, and he does believe in reincarnation. He said the early church believed in that as well. Um, I don't go along with these uh, same thoughts, but I'd like you to address them.
0: Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, Chris, did we talk last week about the issue of um, early church? No. Okay, I talked to somebody else from Fort Collins, actually, about a very similar question. Not about reincarnation, but I thought you might be the same person. Oh, Uh, interesting. Yeah, either way, um, I think what's really helpful about the early church and about the Bible is that, you know, archaeology is a really young science. And the benefit we have with archaeology is that as time goes on, more and more documents, more and more archaeological things, turn up. And so many of the arguments that happened in the past that would have argued that, okay, things in the Bible, um, you know, we really can't trust things in the Bible. It's surely been changed, you know, this and that. we can now prove that those arguments are not true. One of the big arguments, and this is what we talked about with the other uh, person from Fort Collins last week, was she said, oh, you know, I heard that Constantine changed the Bible. And what's really good to know about this is that we actually have manuscripts of the New Testament which predate Constantine by over a 100 years. And what that means is that we are able to uh, go back and, check the earliest documents versus the later documents and see if they have indeed been changed and the good news is they have not and that really puts to rest the whole argument even the dan brown thing you remember when that was a big deal a few years ago with the um da vinci code well we can actually go Mm -hmm. and and we know now that that's just basically a strange conspiracy theory that somebody thought up okay so um Another one, but you're asking about reincarnation. So here's what I would encourage your brother with just a few questions. First question would be, well, show me from the early church documents where you claim that the early church believed in reincarnation. And the reason I would say that is because, uh, Chris, I'm doing actually my master's thesis right now on early church fathers. And what's really nice about them is that the writings of the early church fathers are available online for free to anyone. And you have a few different, so there are the um, pre-Nicene fathers and the anti-Nicene fathers. So that means before the Council of Nicaea, which was 325 AD, and the after Nicaea fathers. And that's all available for free online. It's public domain. And so you can go and read it. And I would just um, say that he, if he really believes that the early church believed in reincarnation. The nice thing about the early church is that they wrote a lot. So please show me where they believed in it. On the other hand, I would argue that they absolutely did not believe in it. And I can show you from the New Testament that they did not believe in it. For example, um, it says in the New Testament, it is appointed for man to die once and then comes judgment. So it is appointed for a person to die once and then comes judgment. Let me find that verse for you. And I think
1: can that kind of puts it to website, rest. Can you tell that website for the, the...
0: Yeah. So you're going to just type in, because there isn't one website. There's several websites. I can look up one for you, because. but I'm telling you, there are probably several hundred that have the anti-Nicene fa- fathers and the pre-Nicene fathers, um, because, like I said, they're public domain. Like, literally, if you had a website, you could host that on your website, um, because it is public domain. But I'll look it up for you in just a second. The verse, there's a Bible verse I want to show you, and that is Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. And that says that it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. Um, this is also the consistent teaching of the Bible throughout. Um, here is a, here's a website for you um, that you could look up for the early church fathers' writings, uh, pre- and post-Nicene, and it is www.ccel, so ccel.org/fathers, and then there's another one where it's the same except there's a two after the fathers, so the pre and the post Nicene. But if you just go to ccel.org, that's Christian Classics Ethereal Library. And that is a very uh, respected source, by the way. I use that for seminary studies and university studies. Um, so I would just say, you know, these things are all available online. They're public domain. If you want to get them, they're available in most libraries as well. And there's so many different copies of them by different publishers. You know, So some people might say, oh, well, how do we know that we can trust any of it? Well, if you don't trust this, then you can go get it from a different publisher. Um, and so... Like I said, these, these things, um, the nice thing about this is that we can put some of these theories to rest uh, by knowing whether they're true or not. By, okay, well, did the church fathers believe in that? Well, let's go read their books and find out if they did. Um, but again, I would just say that we also see that put to rest in the Bible itself. There in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it's appointed for a person to die uh, to die once and then comes judgment. But this is also taught throughout the Bible. Right So we see, for example, um, excuse me, so what we see throughout the Bible, Jesus talks about in Luke 16, a person who dies and then he wants to go back to the land of the living, so to say, and speak to his brothers and tell them not to follow in his ways of folly, but to repent and turn to the Lord. And it is told to him that once he has died, he cannot return. And it says there's a great gulf between us and you, that you cannot pass through. So this is also the teaching of Jesus. Now, where the Christians, early Christians, did believe in new life, they believed in resurrection to new life. But that's resurrection to everlasting life. That's not just resurrection to another go-around at life here on earth. Now, they might have also um, believed, which I, I think Christians today also believe, that Heaven is really not so much like an ethereal place, but where it's just like clouds and we um, play harps and float around and we're like disembodied spirits. But we actually believe that the earth will be renewed. So we believe that heaven will be the fulfillment of what earth would have been had sin never come in. So all that to say that we believe that heaven or the new heavens and new earth will be much more um Let's see. You can. It's something you can touch, not just something ethereal and abstract.
1: Okay. Do you also uh, teach on end time prophecies? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I was wondering if you could address um, the circumstances that are going on in the world today to the end time um, issues, and if you would do that, I'll just hang up and let you.
0: Hmm. Okay, sounds good. All right. Thanks. Uh, Thanks for your call. Hey, so how does how does the things that are going how do the things that are going on right now relate to end times prophecy? Well, here's what Jesus told us in um, Matthew 24 and 25. It's called the Olivet Discourse. It's a talk that he gave to his disciples while standing on the Mount of Olives the week before or the week that he was crucified, a few days before his crucifixion. And he looked out over the city of Jerusalem and he started talking about things which were to come in the near future, also things which were to come after that, in the at the end of the age. And so one of the things that Jesus said, and I think this is the most pertinent to what we're experiencing right now, is simply this, that he said that we will see wars increase. We will see, like, birth pains. Uh, things will begin to increase in um You know, the instances of them will increase. The severity of them will increase as we get closer to the end of the age and the return of Jesus. Now, um, what that means is, he says things like earthquakes, so natural disasters, nations will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, there will be famines, pestilence. There you go, pestilence is kind of what we're experiencing right now. And earthquakes, which we've also been seeing many earthquakes. You know, right now it looks like there's this thing going on underneath The um, area around Yellowstone that's also affecting all the way down the mountains, the Wasatch Range there in Utah. And it is causing, you know, tremors in the earth and things like that. And so as we're seeing earthquakes, we're seeing pestilence. um, We're talking about famine right now in Africa. And so we're looking at all. There's three of those things. Nation rising up against nations. You know, we've we've had wars throughout history. And right now, you know, we're seeing conflicts happening around the world. Uh, That's still going on. So I think the point of this is just that it's birth pains. And, you know, my wife's had a couple kids. What happens with birth pains is that they start out um, not severe, and then they get increasingly severe, and they get increasingly close together. So as we see these things increase in severity and in rapidity, It's a sign of the coming of the end of the age. Now, that doesn't tell us when Jesus is going to come back, right? Like, there's no math that we can do here and say, well, because there was an earthquake in Salt Lake City, that means Jesus is coming back, you know, next week, Thursday. But what it does mean is that we need to be ready at all times as the people of God. And two things I would say on this. On the one hand, this needs to be a warning for people who have not yet given their lives to Jesus, that the end is... The time is coming when it will be too late. And the door right now is open, but it will not always be open. So you need to turn to God and receive the grace that is offered to you now before it's too late. That's what it says in the book of Hebrews as well. It says, If you hear God's voice calling you today, don't harden your heart because today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off because tomorrow is not guaranteed. And then the other thing I would tell you is if you're a Christian, we do not look forward to the future with fear or with timidity, but with so much courage and hopefulness and even glad hearts, knowing that um, we will not be experiencing these things. And anything that we do experience that is difficult, uh, God is going to give us the grace to go through it. And through those things, we are going to be drawn closer into him. So those are those are kind of the points that I would leave you with as Christians we're more than conquerors in Christ who loved us and um, I don't think that we need to be worried about, you know, cataclysmic events. I, th- I also hold the view that says that the church will not be part of what's called the great tribulation, which is a time of great suffering in the world that will come about as God's temporal judgment upon the earth. And um you know, I would hold a view that says that the church will actually be removed before that takes place. So that's just one more reason not to fear. And I think as Christians, you know, if there's one thing that should characterize us, it should be confidence, not fear. And, you know, I got to say right now, I have been seeing so much, um, fear, uh, amongst so many people. And I would just encourage you that that's not our way. Now, I would say that, uh, Not being fearful doesn't mean that we don't take precautions, right? So, on the one hand, I'm saying I'm not afraid, and I don't think that any of us should be afraid. We're more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. And anything the worst things that can happen to us in this world in Christ are also the best things that can happen to us because they draw us nearer to Him either in our relationship with Him as He works through hard times in our lives or in actual like, physical closeness to him as if our lives here on earth end, then we will literally be brought uh, and stand before him face to face. So we have nothing to fear. And yet at this other hand, that's we also respect, like for example right now with the coronavirus, we respect the guidelines, not necessarily only to protect our own lives, though we do that, right? Like you wear a seatbelt probably because it would be foolish not to. But on the other hand, we also Um, Do them for the sake of others, right? We think about others because, for example, Ezekiel 18, God says, I do not delight in the death of the wicked, but rather that they would turn and be saved. So God's prerogative is not just that people uh, would just die and he's glad about it. No, he wants people to be saved and come to the knowledge of him. And Paul the Apostle, you know, this very famous passage where he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Well, he goes on to say that and he goes, And I'm torn between the two. I don't know which is better. Should I leave this world and be with Christ, which would surely be better than continuing here in this broken world? Or should I stay? Because if I stay, then I can continue to serve God and serve others. And he says, I've got my answer. It is better for me to stay where I am now because I'll have eternity in heaven. And so. We don't live in fear, and yet we do take precautions because we know that life is valuable, life is meaningful, and God has a plan for us and for other people, and he wants people to be saved. and He wants to use us to help bring, bring people to a knowledge of the truth. Uh, one of the text messages that came in already during the show was someone who wanted, to, wanted me to read to you uh, some news about a conspiracy theory they have about Bill Gates and eugenics. And of course, I'm not going to read that to you. But here's what I would say just as we prepare for our break is this. I I read this on someone else's page and I thought this is so true. He said, "Um, I wish that people in my church, this was a pastor writing. He said, I wish that people in my church were as eager to share the gospel as they are to share conspiracy theories. And I thought, man, that is so true. I got to tell you, I have been (laughs) receiving so many conspiracy theories lately. And I would just love it if these people would be texting me encouraging Bible verses rather than conspiracy theories right now. And here's why. Let me tell you this. No matter what your political persuasion, no matter what you might believe about the current crisis, we are called to be ambassadors for Christ. And I'll tell you this. If there is one controversy that I want to be known for as a Christian, it is the controversy of the gospel. And that's it. That's the one hill that I want to fight on. And I would encourage you, Christian out there, Take up that same attitude. Let's be those who want to be known only for the controversy of the gospel. Let's spread, instead of conspiracy theories, let's be spreading the gospel and hope and peace and truth that can actually save souls during this time. We're going to go to our two-minute break. Give me a call during the break. We'll get you on right afterwards. This is the show where we answer your questions on the air. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. We'll be back in two minutes' time. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything else going on in your life that you'd like to discuss or like to talk through from a biblical perspective. That's what we're here to do here on this show. So give us a call 303-690-3000. 690 3000 Or text us 720-336-0897. We've got a few text messages coming in, but we have all open lines right now. And um, I'd love to hear from you. I want to touch on a few things. Um, one of those is reopening the church. So, we had, I had mentioned to you earlier in the show that our church kind of rolled out our three step plan for reopening our church. Now, we're in Boulder County. Our church is actually in Weld County. Longmont kind of straddles the county line here. Um, but our um, stay at home order here in Boulder County ends tomorrow. And so, what we are going to do here's our three stage plan. And if you want more on this, including like some images, you know, we put like slide images together we made a video if there's something maybe that would help your churches think through how you're going to reopen we, we just want it to be a resource for you you can go onto to our website whitefieldschurch.com you can find it on there you can also find it on my blog which is nickkady.org nickkady.org that's n-i-c-k-c-a-d-y dot o-r-g and you can watch that video on there and see what our plan for reopening is but i'll just make it really short our, our plan to reopen Is three steps starting next Sunday we are going to begin not meeting in our building but we're going to do what we call um, home gatherings and so we have community groups and we have other groups at our church and we're encouraging people who are involved in these groups to get together and watch the service together at each other's houses in small groups less than 10 that's including kids and we're going to take communion together we're going to watch the service together and worship together and so that's how we will begin stage two which we hope to begin in june and uh, early june so that would be that stage two we actually are going to begin having physical services again in our building of course we're waiting just on clarification for for uh, for that or about that from the state there is a um, there is a conference call coming up next tuesday with the governor in which a lot of things should become clear at that time but at that time, we plan to have uh, services. There will be family services, which means we won't have children's ministry. If there are limits on how many people can be in the building at one time, we're, we do have some, or at least in a sanctuary, we have some overflow rooms that we're able to move people into, which will have screens and sound. And so, let's say we're only allowed to have 100 people in the sanctuary, will we have another room that's almost the same size as our sanctuary where we'll be able to have another 100 people? and we'll go from there. We'll have multiple services to accommodate all the people, and um, we will make sure that it's as contactless as possible. So all doors are going to be opened by greeters, and we're going to um, not be having bulletins or shaking hands, uh, but we will be worshiping together during that time, and of course we'll maintain proper social distance. And then stage three, which we hope to be able to do during the summer, is Then we will resume our children's ministry classes, and it won't be back to normal, but it will be a semblance of normality. So that's our three-stage plan. If you'd like more information on that and how we're praying through how to reopen our church, check out our website, whitefieldschurch.com, or check out my personal website, which is mirrored on there as well, nickkady.org. And you can find several articles on my website as well that kind of give you know, different views on different things that are going on right now. And i uh, love it if you'd check that out and maybe share some of those articles with other people. Let's go to our next caller, Scott in Fort Collins. Hi, Scott. Welcome to the program.
3: Hi, how are you? Doing great. What's up? Good. Um, yeah, so I just, uh, well, I love love your show. I love all the programs on WFM. by the way. Um, I work for a delivery service provider, um, and I drive around all day and just listen to it. It's just great. But anyway. That's great. Uh, my my question is: um, Does the Bible say anything regarding? Um, I was wondering during the millennial reign, um, if there will be reproduction, uh, or will there be will souls will souls uh, stop to reproduce, or for that matter? Um, I was just wondering if the Bible says anything. About yeah, well, it doesn't
0: say anything directly, but my guess is that um, reproduction will continue. And one of the reasons I think that is because I think that's part of the reason why Satan is then released at the end of that thousand year period to tempt the world again. So I think that it means that during that time, there are going to be people born who would never know what it was like to live apart from the reign of Jesus. And they will, you know, by out of necessity, there will be a temptation that will come where they? where they will have to... Uh, Make that choice of whether or not they will obey God by faith kind of like think Adam and Eve style thing Right, so they will make the choice whether they need whether they are going to Obey God by faith or whether they're going to rebel and so Um uh, that that would be my take on it
3: All right, um, I think I can take that answer Uh, Still still a little confusing um, uh, uh, actually could you could you clarify that which part um in uh, time are you talking about um
0: no, I'm talking about the millennial reign so this is so like, a like when we,
3: when when we reign here with, um with Jesus on earth for a thousand years yeah. um will we be, be able to reproduce or will, or are you talking about
0: mm, that's a good question so I guess in that case, I would say no that those of us who are coming with Christ to reign I don't think so, because I think at that point, you know, we've already gone through the transformation that takes place. Like if you look at uh, first Thessalonians chapter four, it says that we will be transformed in the air as we are caught up to Christ. So I would say at that point we are being transformed. We're seeing, you know, heavenly bodies. We're returning to earth. I would say we are probably not reproducing, but then the people over whom We are ruling and reigning on the earth. I would say that these are still people who would have that capability. Again, this is speculation, but I'm doing my best to put together the puzzle pieces.
3: You see the answer, Um, and uh, you have a great rest of your day.
0: Awesome. Hey, thanks for the call. God bless you. All right, bye-bye.
3: Love your program. Thanks, bye.
0: Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church taking your calls and texts. Live on the air, there are two open lines, so give us a call, 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Brent in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Brent. Welcome Hi. to the program.
2: Hi, Pastor. I, I actually had two questions. One is a yes or no, and that is, will all the children, uh, say under four years of age, uh, whenever the rapture is, post, mid, or, or pre, will they be all be raptured when that event occurs so you would not you would kind of know if you're on earth that all of the when you see there's no 1-year-olds 2-year-olds 3-year-olds uh that they're all gone 4-year-olds for example uh will they be taking all children that are under the age of accountability and then the second question is the governor has put out a three-part plan that you mentioned do you or the church or does Ed, uh, do you all have uh, an opinion on when uh, people that are over 60, 65 and have pre-existing conditions, the governor said they should not come back you know, out of self-isolation until the third phase? What is your opinion on that? Because I'm actually someone that meets four of those pre-existing conditions.
0: Okay. Yeah, well, let me answer your first question first, and that was about the rapture. Um, my question would be this, or, or sorry, my answer would be this. I can only speculate on this, but here's my speculation. And my, and I think it's, you know, somewhat informed speculation, but I don't think it's, you know, I'm not going to die on this hill. But I, I do believe that uh, children under the age of accountability will be caught up. And I think that um, that will be a sign. In fact, I think the purpose of the rapture is to be a sign for people who are not believers. And I think the big reason is that the whole purpose of the tribulation is not only to pour out judgment just for the sake of pouring out judgment on sin, but it is in line with God's heart, which is that he is giving one last opportunity while there's still time for these people. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be terrible, but there will be one more opportunity for them to be saved, and God's going to say, hey, none of you should be able to say, like, I had no idea. Okay, so he, these people who've been, let's say, putting it off, people who have um, maybe walked away from the Lord, or, you know, walking in sin, and they're, they're not caught up uh, with him in the clouds, you know, those who are not saved, uh, I think it's just a huge wake-up call, and it we would get the impression that they are actually um, you know, There are evangelists who are sent to the earth. There's angels preaching the gospel we see in Revelation. And the whole purpose of this is that many, many people would be saved. And we do see that there are people on earth who get saved. They're often referred to as the tribulation saints. And so they they would get saved during that time. So yes, I do think that uh, having a lot of young children caught up along with the church is going to be a major wake-up call and a major sign and I think that people will look at the Bible and they'll they'll hear the Bible teachings that were recorded in the past. And I think that during that time, there will be a great revival and awakening. So that's my take on that. The second question you had was about people 65 and over with pre-existing conditions. So now I can't speak for Calvary Church in Aurora. I can only speak for myself and my church here in Longmont. But I will tell you that um, our recommendation for people who have pre-existing conditions, and who are over 65 is this, that we recommend that you be wise and stay at home um, and join us online. But you know what? If somebody is over 65 and they just want so badly to come out to church, I'm definitely not going to turn them away. So um, I realize that at that point, truly that person is taking their life in their hands, Um, but it is also their life. And I, I think that Um, I would not stop them from doing it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I I think that's wise. And uh, I think also, um, you know, uh, we do need to pray for our president and vice president. uh, Since today it was announced that uh, the vice president's press secretary has uh, come down with the virus, and they are awfully close, and Mm -hmm. so that's a very serious situation. And so let's pray for our president and vice president.
0: Yeah, let's do it right now on the phone or on the on the show. Heavenly Father, we lift up to you our president, Donald Trump. We lift up Vice President Mike Pence right now. Lord, you've told us to pray for our leaders. And so, Lord, we do that and we ask that they would have wisdom from you. Lord, we also ask for their protection. We pray that you would guide and lead their decisions Lord that they would be wise good godly decisions that they would be in the best interest of all people and that they would truly be led and guided by you and heavenly father we also just ask for their protection especially that they would not come down with this virus Lord. that you protect their lives and um and lord we pray that you would protect those close to them we pray for their families as well and we pray that in jesus name amen
2: thank you pastor and and i'll just keep listening and uh I'm so grateful for Grace FM.
0: Awesome, Brent. Hey, thanks for calling in. Appreciate the call. God bless. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. There are two open lines. Oh, sorry, one open line now. And the number to call is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. These are questions. Uh, we're taking your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life that we can speak into from a biblical perspective, as well as your prayer requests. So give us a call, 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Bernardo in Denver, Colorado.
4: Hi, Bernardo. Hello, Welcome to the... Hello Pastor. I have a, a question, and I'll listen to what you say. Um, I regularly read the Bible, and I, I pray to God to in open my mind and my heart, so I have an understanding. And I was reading um, Exodus the other day. Uh, well, I'm currently reading it anyway about the plagues. And I'm just out of my prayer after I was done reading. I, I had a thought and I said, "You know, how does this apply to me in my life?" And what I what I came to, what I thought of, this thought went through my mind. And this is what I want you to uh, respond to: is that these plagues. You know, I I believe that, you know, sin is sin, big or small. That's me. That's me. And it separates us from God. That's just my beliefs from what I've read. And that it's like the Pharaoh's heart was hardened. What I liken that to in my life is this is the sin that I don't want to let go. And that there's a consequence to pay, and he'll let God let us do what we want to do. There's a price we're going to pay. And then furthermore, what I got out of this, the plagues was this when I was reading, like the lice, the, the bugs, the frogs, everything. The water, everything that was these plagues—they were you couldn't avoid them. And, and what I took that as is that God saying, it doesn't matter where you go with your sin, on um, there. And vice versa with the Hebrews when, the, you know, when the when the cattle were all all the all the in the field and everything were all the Pharaohs, the Egyptians, all their animals were killed. But God's people, their their animals were untouched. But that's my question, and I'm going to turn the volume up, and I just truly appreciate you responding to that. Uh,
0: remind me of your question one more time. So is it just a matter of um, how these things apply to your life now with uh, I'm COVID-19? I'm
4: sorry, I'm sorry uh, I left out. I guess that was a crucial part I left off. Would, would you, out of your learnings and studying and so forth, would you, appre- would you agree with that mindset that, that I'm on the correct track there?
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. And you can stay on the line. No worries. I can, I can keep you on the line while I answer you. So here's the uh, answer I would give you. I would say, yes, this, uh, this is very true. You know, God loves you enough to keep knocking, you know, keep knocking on that door of your heart, like in Revelation two, right? Like he's going to keep pursuing you. And that's the grace of God, honestly, that God pursues us because none of us really deserve that. Like it would be totally with God's prerogative that he could say, hey, you know what? You've sinned, you've messed up, you've made your choice, and that's it. But I love the fact that God pursues us. That is his grace. And so we even see the grace of God in those plagues. What is God doing in those plagues is that he's pursuing those people. He could have just said, hey, you know what? No plagues. Pharaoh, you harden your heart. The people, you followed after him. Nobody's repenting. Done. That's it. But he gave them 10 plagues, 10 opportunities to repent. And they continually hardened their hearts. And to the point where God said uh, that he even hardened Pharaoh's heart. Why? To bring himself glory. But again, there were other people in in Egypt. There was an opportunity for many people to repent. And so I would just tell you this. In the midst of what we're going through right now as well, I think that if we didn't take this as a wake-up call from God, that he wants to take some things out of our lives, he wants to make us aware of things that we've been trusting in, idols we've been um, you know, turning to, things that we've idolized in our lives, uh, we'd be foolish to not listen. And we would be like the Egyptians, hardening our hearts and just going back to the same old things as soon as the lice go away or as soon as the boils go away. Um, on the other hand, though, I wouldn't say that we should see this, pl- this uh, current crisis as necessarily God's... You know, a plague from God as a punishment to anything that we have done. Let's remember this is a global crisis and we live in a broken world. And, you know, it reminds me of in the Gospel of John, disciples come up to Jesus and they see a blind man and they ask him the question. So John chapter nine, uh, who sinned that this man was born blind? Was it his parents or was it him? And so their paradigm that they're working through is the only time that something bad happens is if somebody does something wrong. And God is punishing them so you know if you run out of gas God must hate you or he's mad at you or he doesn't love you well maybe you just ran out of gas right like maybe cars use enough gas and then they run out of it and then your car stops working right so there's they're the natural consequence that also happen in the world and and I think that we need to balance our view with that so is every earthquake that takes place is it a a judgment of god a punishment for sin or is it that we live in a broken world and that we need to deal with it in that way so again i think these things are both true at the same time on the one hand not every catastrophe that happens is necessarily a punishment or judgment from god on the other hand everything that happens God wants to use in our lives and we should take it as a wake-up call from him something he's allowed in order to accomplish something and usually in cases like this many many things that he's trying to accomplish and desires to accomplish in us and in the
4: world at large
0: does that help answer your question you
4: know, I did recall I, I did recall to reading in, in uh, Exodus where where God said you know through Moses he said, They will know. You will know By these things, you know, that's happening, that that I'm doing, when I say this is going to happen, and I ease it up, and I don't, that I am, you know, that I am God, you know. Mm -hmm. But I appreciate you responding to me, and I want you to know I truly appreciate your show. God
0: bless you, Bernardo. Thanks for calling in. Have a great day. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. We've got 10 minutes left in the show, and we've got um, one open line. You can... Get on if you have a chance. The number is 303-690-3000. We also have some text messages that came in. I'm going to address one of them before we go to our next caller, and that is we have someone with a praise report. We prayed for her house twice, that uh, she would have a buyer. She's in Berthoud, Colorado, and she wanted us to know that finally the house is under contract. So praise the Lord, and uh, we thank him for hearing those prayers and excited for you guys to make the next steps in your life. Let's go to Stephen in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Stephen. Welcome to the program.
3: Hey, uh, yeah, my question is uh, My friends and I do a little house church, and we've been talking about communion. And it's uh, the idea of, uh, I think, in the Catholic uh, Church, they call it the Eucharist, I believe, where they believe that they actually are taking the body of Christ when they take communion. And I just maybe trying to see, did they kind of, is that pulled out of scripture somewhere? Or. Can it be interpreted differently in the um, reading about communion and and taking in remembrance of Jesus and drinking the juice of the blood and everything? Uh, Does that make uh, sense, the question?
0: Yeah. Let me me answer your question a few ways. And we don't have a ton of time, so I'll try and be fast. But I'll also give you a resource if you want to go deeper on this topic. Okay? Uh, The word Eucharist. It Comes from the Greek Eucharista, which literally just means thanksgiving. So it it's not necessarily that the word Eucharist means that. Uh, trans, it, what you're referring to is really a position called transubstantiation, and transubstantiation is the belief, which you're right, is held by the uh, Roman Catholic Church, which says that when the items of the you know the bread and the wine, when they are consecrated, they actually become the body and blood of Jesus. And where this comes from, their view on this comes from an interpretation of John chapter 6, where uh, Jesus talks about eating his flesh and eating his body uh, and drinking his blood. Now, here's what's really important um, this is an interpretation, which, um, th- how you read that passage, matters very much. And I actually wrote a paper on this for seminary, and I explained where this view comes from and why I I disagree with it. Now, um, there's kind of a spectrum on this, and I'll give it to you real quickly. The spectrum goes all the way from transubstantiation on the far end, which is, again, the Roman Catholic belief. In the middle, then, you would have a few other views, which generally fall under what's called the real presence or true presence of Christ in the elements. And then you have a view on the opposite end of the spectrum, which would call the uh, ceremonial or symbolic view. It's probably, let's use the word symbolic instead of ceremonial. Okay, so on the one hand, you have people, and this is uh, different branches of what happened. This happened historically through the Reformation, is that like, for example, Lutherans and the Reformed churches believed that there was a true presence of Christ in the Lord's Supper. And, but they differed on what they meant by that. But then you had like Zwingli and some of the um, Anabaptists who said, no, 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 it's a purely symbolic thing. Now, um, I do disagree with the idea of transubstantiation, and only because I think it's a misreading of the text. So the entire doctrine is built on a misreading of John chapter 6. And the reason it's a misreading is because if you read throughout the Gospel of John, Jesus is constantly saying things which the people are misunderstanding. So he's saying a spiritual, symbolic thing, and they're misunderstanding by him by taking him literally. right? So for example, in John chapter 3, Jesus says, you have to be born again. And Nicodemus says, what do you want me to do? Enter back into my mother's womb? And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. I'm speaking spiritually. right?" And so then we get to John chapter 6, we have the same thing. Uh, For example, I'll give you one more example. John chapter 4, Jesus says, hey, if you knew who you were talking to, right, to the woman at the well, you would ask me for water and you would never thirst again. Now that thirst Jesus is speaking of is a spiritual thirst, but she thinks it's a physical thirst. So there's, you know, another example of Jesus speaking on a spiritual level, people interpreting it too literally and getting the wrong message. Now, essentially what the early interpreters of this text did is that they read it and they said, oh, Jesus said, drink my body, eat my blood, or you cannot have any part in me. He must be speaking literally. Well, to understand it that way is to miss the entire point of how the gospel of John is written. Okay, so all that to say, now, where do I stand on that? I stand in the, in a particular view of the True presence, I believe and and the true presence basically falls on a spectrum itself. But let's just say this It's the sense that you are communing with God in a special way when you are taking communion It's not just a pure symbol. It is something more it is a sacrament. It is a holy ordinance um, through which you know God which God has ordained for us to uh, You know have fellowship with him in a special way. So um, if you're interested in more on that topic give your email address to the person uh, who you talked to earlier, the producer. Or if anybody else is listening, text your email address, and I'll send you a paper I wrote for this uh, for my seminary. And that text number is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. and I can elaborate on this topic of um, transubstantiation, real presence, and symbolic view of communion. I'm going to have to let you go to get our next caller, but thanks for that call. God bless. Bye-bye. Let's go to Teresa in Maryland. Hi, Teresa. Welcome to the program.
1: Oh, hi. Thank you for taking my call, and thank you for what you do for the Kingdom of God.
0: Oh, my pleasure. I... What's up?
1: Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: No, no, it's okay. Go for
1: it. Okay, um, some lady called in. I forgot her name, and she was asked. She asked if when we go to heaven, if we're going to see, you know, the Lord, Father God, and then Jesus. And I was just like, I would like to comment on that. Okay. Um, In the scriptures, there's a lot of them, but my favorite is um, 1 John 5-7, where it says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these Mm -hmm. three are one. And I just wanted to say that um, Jesus is God, and that... The one, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're one, and um, they all have different works to do, but Jesus, Yeshua Messiah, is God Almighty. He's the full, full, full head, the the Godhead. He's, there is no, because God the Father is Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is is God they're all it, they're one there's no we're not gonna there's no Jesus is the full Godhead hmm.
0: yeah it says in Colossians the fullness of God dwells in him bodily so yeah I I think that's a good point that's a great verse very important verse from first John that reminds us of the unity of God and yet three distinct persons So thank you for uh, bringing that up. God bless you, Teresa. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. We have come to the end of our show, just really right here at the very end, last minute. uh, We we had many text messages and calls that we weren't able to get to, but I hope that you will call in again next week. Uh, Calvary Live is every weekday, 4 to 5 p.m. And uh, God bless you. My name is Nick Cady, pastor Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. And you can check out my articles at nickcady.org. That's N-I-C-K-C-A-D-Y yorg Have a great weekend. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.